In this episode of What the Prophets Say, with me, Emma Stark, Sam Robertson, and once again, the glory that is Prophet Phil Sanderson, it's a controversial one, friends. Seeker-friendly church versus Jesus-friendly church. Yes, we have pitched those two concepts up against each other. Join us for this episode of What the Prophets Say. Hello, my family and friends, and a very warm welcome to another rip-roaring, well, I'm promising, I'm hoping we'll be able to deliver, <laughs> episode of What the Prophets Say with me, Emma Stark. And it's just a joy at the moment because we have a few episodes that we are doing with the prophet and the great man of God that is Phil Sanderson. We are so delighted, Sam and I, that you are we back are. with us. Thank you very much. Good to have you here. Sam, as ever, you're in the co-pilot seat. I am. How are you? Yes, I'm good. I'm excited for this conversation. Good. And actually, we are all drinking a in our water. My my PA, Roz, has brought us hot water because we're in a very cold room to use like a hot water bottle to warm our hands. This is filming and recording in Glasgow in the winter <laughs> yeah. and when, it, when it's frosty outside. You have to de-ice your car. De-icing your car and hugging hot water. But Sam has given us... What have you put in all our waters? It's like a lemon, ginger and honey sludge <laughs> that you mix into hot water and it just delights you see, the throat and the airwaves. It's starting to get really nice now. I'm getting towards where it's all settled at the bottom. It's quite a, yeah. yeah, you do need to give it a swirl and then you get to the sludge it's, at it's, the end. It, it's not tea. It's not tea. But it's like a syrup that syrup you put into hot, hot water. water. It's delightful, honestly. It changes, this is, this, changes this the game. Is a new, this is a new A new thing. revelation. I'll tell you something. Profits... <laughs> We will say this: a prophet is a salesman's dream. If you if you tell us something is new and something works, we'll try it. We'll buy that five. Give me five that of them. We are in every way, but and then we'll it lasts about two you weeks. If it doesn't work, totally. We 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 discard it as quickly as we buy it. Buy it. There is a story. Sam and I were in. Where we were in the Scottish exhibition, it was like a home fair or something, or like an a ideal fair. home show type yeah, thing yeah, yeah. in the SECC. I'm not sure how you and I winded up that wind up there. I think winded. I was I was when I used to have a, a business. I was working with a client on a stall just to help them out on the side, and, and you I, you were there browsing. I'm always at the ideal yeah, home show like looking for. Anyway, you <laughs> and I rock so, up. Yeah. Such a Northern Irish mum. <laughs> Could I do home show? He's been remembering King's. Uh, yes, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yes. In Northern Belfast, Ireland, they yeah. used to have a big thing. Well, anyway, I'm. We rock the... up to this like far, like the very back corner stall. This woman was did such a great p- sales pitch to us on turmeric. Yeah, like powder <laughs> turmeric and how a term- a spoonful of turmeric a day changes your life. And we were like, this had changed my life. Yeah, because it had black pepper in it. That's what she said. She was selling as it because it had black pepper cracked into it. And you and I must have spent a small fortune buying... Yeah, it was so expensive. ...spoonfuls of turmeric. This enormous big tub. I still have it. I threw my knife. It was so... Oh, it was awful. It was so unpleasant. I think you're right, but we thought it would change our life. And yet you and I know that Jesus is the only thing that will change our lives. Well done. Is that a good segue? Not yes. turmeric, Jesus. Turmeric, yes. <laughs> I do like a turmeric supplement. Anyway. That's good because I like Jesus. So we're... <laughs> okay, oh, man. we actually want to have the controversial conversation that is the Jesus-friendly church versus the seeker-friendly seeker friendly church. church. 
And the, do, 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 the real issue of the dumbing dine and the toning dine of the full weight of the power mm. of God because we think we need to make Jesus palatable. Mm. Phil, this is one of your hobby horses. Can I say that? You certainly can. <laughs> is it true? Mm-hmm. More of a hobby elephant, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> In other words, you have opinions. I do. Well, you know, being from Northern Ireland and being a theologian and, you know... A prophet. A prophet. You're going to have an opinion or two. <laughs> or 2,000. Uh, <laughs> one for every year. Yeah. <laughs> Hit me with it. Seeker friendly versus Jesus friendly. Give me oh your best. Your take take aim and fire at us your best shots. Okay, so the seeker friendly church says, "Come to Jesus and be happy." Oh. Whereas Jesus says, "Come to me and you're probably going to be persecuted." Pick up your cross and you might even die. I've just been doing a, a study for a uh, uh, friend's church on on the Book of Revelation. Uh, mm-hmm. The the, the chapters two and three the seven churches mm. which which are applicable to every church at every time yeah. can i just say we yes. can't just say oh this was for the first 500 years and this was no 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 yeah. no it's applicable now yeah and so you know you have this church uh it's uh it's sardis and it's it's jesus doesn't give it any negative press okay this is it this is this is one of the good ones the so happy philadelphia church, yes, and yeah. sardis these are these are the ones that we like these are the ones we think that that we should live in and this is this is what he says he says um your sorry bible. not 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 sardis smyrna sorry he your, says, your bible is very underlined as i see as you pick it up <laughs> yeah yeah yes go for it uh this is what he says verse nine chapter two i know your tribulation and your poverty but you're rich Mm-hmm. And the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Yeah. Do not fear what they're what you are about to suffer. Behold, here's a prophetic word: the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. Oh my! And you may be tested for ten days, and you will have tribulation. Be faithful even unto death. Yeah. <gasps> it's a shocking prophetic word, isn't it? It isn't come to Jesus and be happy. Come to Jesus and get persecuted and probably die. And I think we forget how much the the Bible really highly values our own death. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the sense for me in this day where Jesus has said, I'm shaking everything. I am shaking the church structures. I am even in judgment mode. I think we are seeing the judgment of God. Certainly we're seeing the consequences of our sin um, in churches where we built according to our best thought rather than according to the kingdom of God. And all of that is coming down around us. And in the midst of it, Jesus is saying, look, I need you to work with me in demonstrating the fullness of who I am and not being scared of that in church, even if that looks to your human logic like chaos. But know that I come also sometimes as a Holy Spirit whirlwind Mm -hmm. with tongues of fire, with things that are strange and peculiar. And I come to unsettle your status quo. And I am asking you, would you give me the space to bring the fullness of who I am into the midst of your church services? Mm. There is a whole way of doing church that has emerged where we seek to create as non-threatening as possible 
an experience for people to come in. Because we think, well, if we can get them through the door and if they can yeah. encounter God, then, then, then God will do the rest. But what we do is we set the bar so low yes. that anyone and all their issues can kind of come in. And we do. We want we want to see people come in. Because, I mean, Jesus says, you know, bringing the tax collectors, sinners, prostitutes, all that kind yes, of stuff, into right? the house, yes. That, that's all part of it. But the whole point is you're supposed to get changed whenever you're in the house. Yes. You know, there's supposed to be a transformation. We're transformed from glory to ever-increasing glory. And whenever you look at how we measure success in church in the Western world, what, I mean, what sort of things are we talking it's about? It's only ever really numbers. Numbers, money, size of your sanctuary. Yes. Si- yes. You know, your, your, your influence yeah. online or whatever. Yes, right? Incre- yeah. increasing that sort of scale. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But whenever you look at the seven churches well is it the jesus rewards your faithfulness mm. yes. your patient endurance yes mm. you, you know you 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 don't tolerate the nicolations you know the ones who try to control people you you you, you you've remained true you've remained faithful mm. you've you've stuck in you've dug in hold mm. fast see to mm. it no one steals your crown you know all this stuff of actually the works that that that, that god is looking for is to believe in the one that he sent and to see the manifestation of that faith in our lives. Yes. Can, can I go somewhere that's maybe a little bit of one of my hobby horses? You have a hobby elephant, I have a hobby horse. Well, I'm a, I'm a bigger guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the difference between the word safe and the word good. Yeah, yeah. And there is this sense under a shepherding pastoral paradigm that, that rightly, I think, within the heart of the nurturer and the good shepherds um, who have walked the earth for years, they have tried to create churches where to them nurture means safety. safety. And I'm not sure that that is the right thinking. Mm. That nurture doesn't always mean safety. Mm-hmm. Sometimes nurture, good nurture from a good shepherd means provocation. Yeah. Or it means that I see the goodness of God, but I know that the goodness of God doesn't always make me feel safe. Sometimes it makes me feel challenged and provoked. And sometimes it makes me feel like I need to reflect on some things a bit more. And sometimes it provokes my lack of extreme, my lack of generosity, my lack of wildness, my lack of cutting edge. So that sometimes in the house of God, I go there for the wildness of the provocation, not so that that I'm reinforced in a place of, of their, their safety, safety. And it's very much like that C.S. Lewis quote, actually from the books of The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe in Narnia, where they're having a conversation about the lion Aslan and they're saying, of course he's not safe, but he is good. And I don't want us to misunderstand the good shepherd of Jesus Christ in the midst of us is not always to be measured by human values of safety, but is to be measured by the value of what the goodness of God is, that in God being a constant source of goodness, his goodness sometimes comes to me in the ways that I don't like it to come because it is a provocation and a challenge to where I am and who I am. And in the making 
of the church to be safe have we lost the goodness of God, yeah. which is a provocation on occasion? Absolutely. And it's the, 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 the Lord who is our shepherd, you know, in him we shall not want. But then he makes us lie down. There's a ferocity in that, a forcing that actually as a good shepherd, he knows what's best for us and sometimes makes us do something that we don't want to do or makes us endure mm-hmm. something we don't want to walk through. Yes. I think in that whole concept of safety, we have also then lost uh, essential aspects of who God is that grow in us, the fear of the Lord. And we then think in a safe place, in a safe church, that the world or that Satan is the biggest threat. Actually, God ultimately is the biggest quote-unquote threat he's the biggest threat to everything in us that opposes who he is he's the biggest threat to our egos to our selfish ambitions to our human structures to our systems and sometimes in the creating of a safety first culture that actually we we then bypass what causes us to tremble before god and then Mm -hmm. become more like him Mm -hmm. and when safety becomes first as well i actually think you lose truly the concept of we are a family and we belong together because belonging in family is only forged in hardship it's only forged in vulnerability and there is nothing about vulnerability that feels quote-unquote safe to our human nature and to who we are very good Uh, yeah phil and and here's the thing whenever we have a seeker friendly message or a seeker friendly church what Mm. we're actually doing is we're sanitizing Jesus. Totally. Very good. We're sanitizing who he is because the message of the gospel is actually come to me and die. Yes. You know, we we, we say, oh, well, Jesus died that I could live. No, he didn't. <laughs> he died that you could die. He could die that you could <laughs> yeah. die. He lives yes. that you can, can live, live. Yeah. but he yeah. dies that, that you, you could die. die. Yes. So we have lost that because we're saying, come to Jesus, be happy. Come yeah. to Jesus, he's your best friend. Come to Jesus and, and, and you know, everything's going to be great in your mm-hmm. life. No, come to Jesus, die to your old man, live to the new. You're probably going to be persecuted. And actual fact, anyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ, Paul says, will suffer persecution there's mm-hmm. going to be that aspect because yep. you're speaking in such a countercultural dynamic where you are saying no there is a savior there is a king that is that is, that is absolute he he is lord that's yes. the basic doctrine of the christian faith jesus is lord yes absolutely fundamental and he and as as the psalms say mm. and he does whatever he pleases yes. Yeah, let me give you another pet peeve yes. of mine, okay? Hit us with Not it. a roll. Now, now, now we're getting here. So I have several pet peeves, okay? So gym music, that's a big pet peeve of mine. <laughs> the music in the gym oh, it's when you're working out. Yeah, it's, it's the worst. I don't go to a gym, it, but you guys seem to be in agreement. It, no, it's the worst. It's, Why? It's because it's geared towards people who only ever want to do cardio. <laughs> right. So that, oh, that, that's, okay. That, oh. That's one aspect. The other aspect... <laughs> Okay, and I'm not sure you guys being the city will get this, but I I lived out in the countryside outside of Aberdeen for a number of years. Yes. Is the I'm not sure if it's this that peeves me or the people who do does it that peeves me. Is whenever people walk their dogs and they pick up a little poo and they stick it in a bag and then they tie it to a tree. To a tree. It's true. <laughs> they tie it Why to a tree. Because it's like some kind of horrific Christmas decoration <laughs> that, that, that just rots and then just drops down with a plot. It's the worst, right? Okay, so another pet peeve. Let's get onto the spiritual aspect to it, okay? <laughs> you kind of don't 
absolutely lost us <laughs> oh Let's film. bring this back. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yes. Courts of Heaven. Oh. oh now you're opening a can of worms. Whenever we think <laughs> of the Courts of Heaven as some kind of Judge Judy, I need to formulate my prayers in the correct way, otherwise God won't listen to me. Yes. As some kind of legal courtroom drama, we have completely misunderstood what the word court means. And the lordship of Christ. It's a king's court. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yes. It's a king's court. It's not a democracy. Exactly. I I think this is really important. There, There is no jury. There's a judge who's there's, the king. There's yeah. a judge who's the king. And yeah. I think what that means is that, oh, <laughs> oh, we're not opening territory. God is not a Democrat in a democracy. He's a king in a monarchy. Yeah. And that and, and monarchies are meritocracy based. Yeah. You know, if you are doing your part, you're supposed to be generating fruit. You're Absolutely. supposed to be using your Merit. spiritual gifts. To him who has, more will be given. Absolutely. And to him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. According to you, Matthew's gospel right there. Anyway, keep 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 pushing that sense of our petulant, childlike sense of I will demand from yeah. God. Yeah. So what we then do is we think that the effectiveness of our prayers is based on our vocabulary instead of our heart posture. Wow. Oh my. We we what we do is we pray in a certain way because we want a certain result. Rather than coming to our Father, who is yes. also the King, yes. and Him hearing the heart cry, which is a posture of faith. Yes. So all the time to the seven churches, Jesus says, I see your works. I know your works. Yeah. Yeah. And we can look out and go, well, how does that compare with, it's not by works, it's by faith. How, mm-hmm. how does that compare mm-hmm. with it? Because John's using it in a different way than Paul's using it. Mm-hmm. So John says in John 6, 19 or 29, I can't remember which, says that the work of God is this, is to believe in the one that he sent. Yes. Right, so yes. you, it's so it's the belief in Jesus. I see your belief, and I see the outworking of that belief because I'm the one with eyes of blazing fire. I'm the one who sees through all the garbage mm-hmm. at the core of what's of going on. Yeah, yeah, yes. So this sense is, uh, as we look at the difference between seeker-friendly and Jesus-friendly churches, and we are deliberately putting seeker-friendly versus Jesus-friendly, is this sense of playing games of language, of playing games of behaviour, of playing games of if you do this, you'll get that, with no sense of some of the extremes of Christ, including the extremes of the fact that he sees your heart anyway. So you can't pretend with good language and good... um, uh, a sense of uh, of performance that, that that is going to fool God in any way. And that's the exact word, performance. Because yeah. what we do on a Sunday morning in the seeker-friendly services is that we create a performance yeah. for people to come and be not participators of but audience members of mm-hmm. yes, yeah, where yeah, you're building an I'm audience. Receive, I'm yeah. a spectator. Yeah, right. building an army, an audience, not, not building an army. an army. And here's yes. the thing: is that the spirit of performance has been masquerading as excellence in the church for too long. Wow. I do think that is a difficult conversation, yeah. isn't it? Because it's a nuanced thing, and you have to be really rich in the gift of the discerning of spirits, because we want to be excellent. And I would push this. I do not want. Um, uh, uh, somebody playing a drum who has no sense of rhythm. I mean, it's just 
ugly. I don't want a prophetic artist who has no skill on the platform. Now go away and practice mm. and then bring us your most excellent version of yourself. Bring us the, the merit of your skill because you don't produce for the king something substandard. As an act of your worship. Yeah. As an act of your worship. But but there's a fine line between that excellence and performance. And mm. I often think as I travel around, we're not very sure where that line is because we are not in this sense of authenticity of encounter. And when you're not in an authentic place with God yourself, you can't distinguish between excellence and performance. Totally. Well, because it's, it's distinguished, I think, though, first in, in the heart. I mean, it, w without referring to where we've been in a, in a situation recently where um, two um, people were leading worship using the same band and one carried a different spirit than the other. And the excellence or, or, or the professionalism, yes. the brilliance was on both, yeah. but the anointing to encounter was only on the one authentic. because of yeah. the heart behind that yeah. and so uh, uh, yeah as you say it's the discernment behind that i think ultimately it's who 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 am i relying on first in that moment am i yeah. relying on my skill my ability first as yes. my or am i being uh, led by the spirit as we've said am mm. i relying on the holy spirit to lead me and turn then to lead the people can i go back and push on this difference between wanting Jesus to be safe mm. rather than embracing him as good. And here's my concern. And it's it's quite a personal conversation for us as prophets because the prophet anointing is probably the most risky mm. in the body of Christ. Uh, we, the three of us are not a gift to the body of Christ just to be polite and kind. Yeah. We are a gift to the body of Christ because we are God's spokespeople which means we are, by anointing, provocative. Yeah. And the provocation is not just for its own sake, but the provocation is always, God wants you right with him. There's a love to it. God loves you so much, he wants you right with him. He wants you in holiness. He wants you in the right place, doing the right thing at the right time. And so I'm going to come as a prophet and I'm going to be a provoker of all that you are in your status quo. And that will often not feel very safe and I can't, but it will be good for you. Mm -hmm. And I often feel that the conversation around the prophet is you're not safe. Yeah. Mm. And I think it can be very close and very personal. You're not safe. You're not safe. You're not safe. You're not safe. Mm. Now that can make a prophet retreat into this lie of I have to be a certain way for acceptability. I don't know any prophet in scripture that was loved or accepted, accepted. in their own lifetime. Or quote unquote safe. Or quote unquote safe. I do think there was good integrous relationships. That's very important. Yeah, kindness. But I th and there was and the fruit of the spirit of kindness is very important. But I do think that a prophet walks into a room and if they bring no word and they are silent just even sitting at the back, they will shadow the room by call and anointing with a provocative, challenging mantle because that's who they are. And I think the seeker-friendly versus the Jesus-friendly church almost robbed us of the sense of the provocation and the place of the prophet. And I do think this new remnant church that's being birthed is wrestling with how do I deal with the anointing 
of the prophet that doesn't mm. always make me feel comfortable? Or how do I deal with the anointing of the apostle, which similarly is risk orientated, who's going to send me? Yeah. And I'm quite like where I am. And so this apostolic, prophetic apostolic, whichever you are most dominantly, is going to undo concepts of seeker safety very quickly, even just by walking into the room. I, I used I used to teach in secondary school, and thank God he's delivered me. So I what subject did you teach? Uh, RMPS. It oh, was, uh, did you? Was, uh, R-E. 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 Religious R-E. studies. Religious studies. And I would been, do yeah. this thing where I just kind of break the ice, you yeah. know, have your thing. What's your favorite food? And there was one kid who was uh, chips. I'm like, okay, well, anything else? Chips. Anything more French fries. No, no, chips. just chips. And anything else? Maybe cheese. Anything else? No. <laughs> so are you telling me that every day you just eat chips and cheese? Yes. <laughs> For lunch? Yes. Was it from Glasgow? For breakfast? <laughs> yes. For dinner? Yes. <laughs> on the weekends? Yes. And I, my, there's something on the inside of me that's rising up uh-huh. here, right? Because as has previously been discussed, food is the sixth love language, right? That's that's <laughs> how you 100%. how you get, you know, my wife. She just fed me, and I was there. I was like some kind of some kind of lost cat before I met my wife, right? She fed me. I stayed. Here we are, nearly twenty years later. And, and there's there's this whole thing. There's a whole world out there yeah. that is beyond chips and cheese. Yes. That is so much more amazing than chips and cheese. But yet, in the church, we have opted for a type of Christianity that says. You're safe with chips and cheese. We're only going to give you chips and cheese. This is going to be fine until you are sick and you are vitamin deficient. And the thing is, is that if we're not saying, hey, listen, you need to take a bit of risk here in encountering the presence of God, you're going to be deficient in your Christianity. You're going to be a sick Christian because you are not willing to risk encounter with the risen Savior. And probably plastic cheese at that, not oh, even proper not even French proper cheese. cheese. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we get Don't the point. settle for the chips and cheese. Don't settle for Save chips and cheese. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you in our couple of minutes left, a story from my daughter's life illustrating this seeker-friendly versus Jesus-friendly church. So Jessica, she's 20, as you know, she um, university in Edinburgh. She has this Christian friend who only has gone to the seeker-friendly, conservative, traditional churches. The chips and cheese. The chips and cheese churches. Oh. (laughs) Now we're going to get into trouble. (laughs) Chips and cheese churches. (laughs) The three C's. What's the third C? Church. 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 Chips and cheese church. church. C, C, C. (laughs) Oh, no. What have we started? Uh, Okay, the three C's churches. Anyway, he's gone to the chips and cheese church. That was not how I started. to Korean Community Church over there. Yeah. <laughs> Any church that's called CCC. We're not talking about you. We're not talking about you, yes. Oh, Coleraine's where I grew up. Korean Community Church. Is there Korean Community Church? I have no idea. There must be, right? There must, there must be. be. I don't know that there is. Anyway, okay. Oh, Jesus of mercy. Where have we gone? <laughs> so um, this, this young lad has only been to these very seeker-friendly-esque churches. And um, I said to Jessica, why don't you bring him along to one of our conferences? And she just was like, mommy, this is going to be a disaster. It's so wild. And I had, it was the conference I bought the sticks Sticks. for. 
these eight foot poles that um or they six though they were eight foot poles because they were rods. curtain rods and i we i given them out to the to the staff to go and you know make a war in the heavenlies mm. by clashing these sticks around and we were just having a go and he had never seen anything like it and i watched this this young lad's face i actually watched most of the congregation's face like they're running around like maniacs with sticks. No, we're just killing the enemy. And the dancing and the flags and the wild worship and the speaking in tongues and the deliverance ministry and the prophecy and all of that. And and I'm literally, did you watch him as well? You were there, Sam, as well. I'm watching his eyes like saucers, like yeah. what is going on? Anyway, he was staying in our house because he, so, and he was, bless him. If he's listening to this, I I actually love him. He's an amazing human being. Um, but that first night he stayed in our house and uh, he just was, he was all over the place, like not knowing quite what to say or um, a, million a, a million questions, a million questions. But can I tell you, I think it's provoked something beautiful and mm. the extremes of watching the kingdom of God in the midst of us is mm. beautiful. Totally. We did not tone it down and it's exactly what he needed. Absolutely. He needed something so outside of his chips and cheese. Now you've got me doing it. Of his chips and, of cheese, his chips and cheese church that he needed something so he's turning up on sunday yeah. mornings and you know there's a journey and he's back at my house for lunch and uh, a couple of sundays ago and it's just a journey that i think he's quite enjoying mm. because it's so wild and yet so good yeah. all at the same time and actually feels a little bit provocative and unsafe but yet it's good because yeah. Jesus is in the midst of it. And I'm watching all of that and I'm loving this this young man's journey. And I'm eager to see what will he do at the end of this because of the reality of something so extreme. Yeah, yeah it's not safe, but it's good. It's yeah. not safe, but, but it's, it's good. We, we have yeah. a girl in our church and it was amazing because she actually came from your church. Oh, uh, yes, she and, is amazing. And uh, she... <laughs> She says, Phil, I want, I want to bring my new boyfriend round to, to see you. You know, can we come round for dinner? Yes. And so I'm sitting talking with this guy. I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. But he says to me, he says, do you know, I was much more scared about coming to see you than I was of seeing her dad. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, you're so terrifying. Okay. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> because <laughs> he was he was kind of scared that i would ask the spiritual questions you know? yes the provocative spiritual questions wow. a great lad though he is a, he is a super i know who you're talking super lad final story oh dear jesus I, you know it's one of those moments where you're preaching in a church and the spirit of god you jolly well hope it's the spirit of god has taken over in the worship there was a woman who was manifesting a demonic spirit quite loudly. Now, I love that. Uh, I love the fact that the demon is provoked enough to manifest in worship because demons like to hide. Because once the demon is provoked enough to scream, it's got to know go. in the house of God yeah, it's, it's coming out. Yeah. So I, I, I look and I love that because it, the demon is noisy. In other words, the woman is getting free. Oh, we were going to talk about our demons maybe next session. Um, and uh, <laughs> I remember from the previous episode, we were we promised that. Okay. Um, so 
she was really quite violently thrown onto the floor by the... It was a spectacular moment. I mean, it was very eye-catching. I don't know quite what the demon was trying to do. The demon was clearly in pain, otherwise it wouldn't have done that, and was physically uh, moving her around the floor. I watched the leadership in the church shush her and carry her out to hide her deliverance. No. I was so provoked by the Spirit of God. So when I took the microphone, I had said to myself, Emma, don't make reference to it. Emma, just be nice, be nice, be nice, be nice, be nice. Emma, shush. Emma, just preach the word of the Lord. Just be good, be good. Just be well behaved, Emma. And I had told that you can can imagine what's coming next. I was so trying to not mention it. And then I hear the Spirit of God. Literally, it's like the Spirit of God has taken over my body. And, And I hear myself say, what did you do to the demoniac? You robbed God of testimony. And I'm like, no, no. Emma, that was I lied. So here I am shouting, you've robbed God of testimony. You've robbed God of his glory. You've robbed God of showing that he liberates souls by taking the demoniac out of the room. And then I'm like, no, that was I lied. Oh, you know, those, those moments as prophets where you think, Oh, now they were very gracious to me and they agreed. Uh, and uh, we, I did say some very, very positive things that God was pleased with and blessing in the midst of it. But I, even I was shaken after that. They were certainly shaken. I was shaken. But it was an absolute moment where the prophet is subject to the spirit of God, as Peter says, ca- the prophet carried is the one along. carried along by the spirit. And I was so carried along by the spirit where God was just like, I am not happy that you are shutting down my ability to provoke the demons in my own house. Mm. Seeker friendly versus Jesus friendly. What are we going to choose, my friends? Chips or cheese? <laughs> Chips. Or Jesus. <laughs> I was going to say cheesecake, but then any food substance by itself is repetitive. Yeah. Chips or cheese or the wild banqueting feast where you might even get to eat sheep's stomach on occasions. (laughs) (laughs) That could be the clip to promote this podcast. (laughs) Well, we bless you. Thank you for joining us once again. And we just release courage and strength Mm, to choose the Jesus-friendly church at the end of this conversation. We bless you to choose the Jesus-friendly church. Listen, guys, next episode, we have to talk about our demons. I can't promise it for two episodes and not deliver it. (laughs) Are you up for that? Let's go. Okay, see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of What the Prophets Say with me, Emma Stark. You clearly ooze stamina. May I gently encourage you to jump over to our website, propheticscots.com, where you can download my e-course, The Prophetic Warrior, nine highly interactive sessions that will equip and train you to hear the voice of God with ease. Make sure that you subscribe and like and share this podcast. You don't want to miss all the things we have coming up for you.